Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money on a Wednesday. We welcome you back. Those of you in Florida dealing with the inclement weather, we wish you the best as we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We move Samich up to Wednesday today. Spritzer's going to be in studio with us on Friday. Of course, Mike Samich, VSIN hosts. Betting analyst, you can also find him, RacingDudes.com, Handicapper, SomoBomb18 on Twitter. First off, we say, and again, we can talk about the handle every Saturday and Sunday with Samich and Matt Brown. Thrilled, looking forward to those shows. We say hi to Samich, and let's start here, Mike. First off, hi. Thanks for joining. Um, Let's start here. And the new rules in college football. One, uh, you talk about some second-half angles, but then two, uh, two words that you don't generally see in combo, and that is teasers and college football. I guess I should say three words there, but you would generally never think about a teaser in college football. That's more a pro thing, but you think the new rules could have an impact on betting some teasers here. I do. Uh, when you look at the college football totals, we're seeing a lot more totals that are sitting in that low 40s, mid-40s range. A lot of times, the reason you wanted to stay away from teasers in the college football landscape is you had these higher totals sitting in the mid-50s to low-60s. And with those higher totals, six points just is not worth what it is in the NFL when you're seeing those totals sitting at you know high-30s, low-40s, mid-40s. The six points is just much more valuable there. You look up and down today's board here, and you've got this Florida-Utah total sitting at 44. You've got Nebraska and Minnesota tomorrow night sitting at 42 and a half much more like NFL totals than the general college football totals we've seen. And because of that, if you're able to use those long numbers, so teasing down minus 8.5, minus 7.5, down to that minus 2.5 or minus 1.5 range, or teasing up plus 2.5 to plus 8.5 or plus 1.5 plus 7.5, if you're finding those available numbers with these lower total college games, I think all of a sudden that becomes more in play here if you want to find a couple angles you like. Mike, so that kind of apply just games that we're seeing lower lower totals, or even including spreads somewhere in the three to four range, something like that. Or because I know a lot of people generally tend to push back on college football teasing. Looking for games that are lower totals, so we'll call it forty-five and under are, are games that I'm looking at and possibly considering teasing in college. And then, like I said, I'm looking at favorites that are minus seven and a half to minus eight and a half, and dogs 
that are anywhere from plus one and a half to plus two and a half. So it's not a ton of, uh, of uh, different games that I'm going to be trying to focus on teachers here. But I do think it's something you should at least consider here with what we've seen from the totals across the board kind of dropping here three or four points. It gives you a few more opportunities. I'm not saying you should go in there and you tease a game that's minus 16 and a half or minus 14. But if you get these specific examples where you can kind of find it, you can, you can hit those guidelines, I think you can see a profitable teaser season here in college, which is something you don't hear very often. Okay, Mike. Mike Samich, of course, the handle, which is coming up Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up for my friend here. Noon to 3, the handle right here on VSIN. Let's discuss a couple of games tomorrow, Samich. And one of them, you could have some wind, 9 to 10 miles an hour, in Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota. Looks like you were waiting for that hook to drop, correct? Because you're going to lay the seven where it was mostly seven and a half until this morning. You're going to lay it with Minnesota. Yeah, I am. I snapped up some six and a half about a week ago when that first came available. That is, is gone now. I played it back at seven for another unit, though. The more I dive into this game, the more I, I like Minnesota. I realize you've got Nebraska, Matt Rule coming in. I think they're going to be good later in the season, and you're going to see him do well with this Nebraska Cornhuskers team. But week one against Minnesota, going on the road to a tough place to play, I think is a really rough matchup for them. And when you dive into the trenches specifically, I think you've got a massive edge from Minnesota's side here. If you look at the Nebraska defensive line, they got two guys over three bills. You've got a couple guys who will be playing there, 260, 270. You look at that Minnesota offensive line, we're looking at 330, 325, 340. Nebraska is going, going to be able to control the clock with their run game and have success on the ground. And you put it to the other side, I think you're going to see a hyped up Nebraska, uh, Minnesota defense here at home. And Nebraska is going to struggle moving the football. I think Minnesota is the right side here. I love it at six and a half. I still like it at seven. I think Minnesota is going to really dominate this football game. I like your call on this, Mike, simply because everybody seems to be on Nebraska plus the points here. This is the only play I've seen that's on the Minnesota side, so I like that one kind of going against the grain there. Another play you've got here is Utah-Florida, first half under 22. I'll tell you, to me, I love this play because the quarterback situation for both sides, do you have confidence that either offense is going to be really that effective in this game? Well, without Cam Rising, no. I mean, he, he was one of the things that was going to get this Utah offense moving. And so I sent this play over this morning before it has been officially announced. He's most likely not going to play in that game. You look at what Utah has a quarterback. Their backup's out. So we're looking at third-string quarterback. This is going to be a game where Utah is really going to want to control the clock on the ground, try and shorten possession specifically early. And then you go to the other side of the football here. I'm not confident the going to be able to move it. They've got some weapons on the outside, but you've got Graham Metz coming in from Wisconsin. I'm not super high on him being able to get the ball out well for those weapons. You've got a couple decent running backs, but the weak spot of this Florida offense is that offensive line. Utah is going to be able to cause havoc in the backfield for Florida here. And with their third-string quarterback starting, I don't see them pushing the ball down the field either. On top of that, Utah, one of the best home field advantages. If you look at the college football guide over at VEASAN, they are ranked as one of the top home field advantages in the country. This is going to be an amped-up defense taking on Florida here. I don't see how you're going to get points here. I love the first half under 22. You're able to get rid of the, the shenanigans that could happen toward the end of a close game. Because I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more of a move toward Florida here. I thought that minus 7, minus 6.5 with rising starting was the right number. I think he's worth more than two points here. I, I was expecting this to be somewhere in that minus three, minus three and a half range once it was officially announced he was out. I would expect you're going to see more Florida come in here, money come in here, but 
I still like the under here in the first half the most. I think you're going to see very conservative offense early. Mike Samich, VEASAN host, joining us here on Sharp Money. I know you've got a bunch of weekend games. Some in- information that we got to dance around, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Just curious. And, Mike, you were on the show last week, and you love Notre Dame. It was a great job by you. It was never in question. Um, having said that, a backdoor cover for San Jose State against USC. But let me ask you about those two teams, two teams with high expectations, certainly in USC's case, but Notre Dame, some people coming into the year with that brutal three-game stretch said that could potentially be a fringe playoff team. What did you take from both Notre Dame and USC? But Notre Dame will start there. I'm not going to overreact yet because that was Navy. <laughs> that offense was not good that entire game. I thought Sam Hartman looked great. I still didn't love the playmakers on the outside. I was hoping to see a little bit more explosiveness from them. They could have run the ball to probably close to 400 yards there. But, again, it was just that it's Navy. And so I don't want to get too excited about that offense and what they were able to do. Navy's offense was anemic the entire time. We didn't see that upgraded passing offense. A lot of people talked about heading into that game. Uh, It was also over in Ireland. You had a massive home field advantage there for, for Notre Dame as well. So I didn't upgrade Notre Dame very much. Sam Hartman kind of is who we thought he was. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when this competition steps up if you see the same type of effort from them. On the USC side, I didn't love it. And it wasn't just the defensive side of the ball where we knew there would be going to be some growing pains with all the transfers that they brought in. Part of the issue to me here is also the offensive side of the ball and specifically the offensive line. Caleb Williams was under duress quite a bit in that game, and there were multiple possessions where you were sitting there looking at second and 16 and third and 19, and you shouldn't be in that situation against San Jose State. That is not a very good defense. I think I call them a D-plus defense going into that game. I would have liked to see more consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's definitely the USC's benefit that they have six games before their schedule really gets difficult. But day one, don't love what I saw from USC, and that's just someone who likes USC coming into this year. Uh, Mike, I love your assessment of the Trojans. I mean, they give up more sacks than uh, San Jose State did, which you got a tremendously mobile quarterback in Caleb Williams. And then one of the things I saw in a lot of the USC blogs and things was that you look at this team, they were – they end up putting up 56 points. But if it was Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, we'd be criticizing them if they won 56-28, whereas the Trojans, it seems like they're getting a lot more credit for this win than maybe they deserve. Yeah, I'm surprised that they are, are not getting downgraded in the market a little bit more. I mean, the, the defense we knew wasn't good coming into this, but just some of the situational spots. I mean, it was a, a, we had a third and 19 on the first scoring track for San Jose State. And their quarterback table to scramble for 22 yards. And they struggled getting off the field there in that first quarter. And if you take away some of the big plays, Caleb Williams has longest pass touchdown in that game. The offense just wasn't fluid. Now, again, it was game one. There's a ton of opportunity for them to take a step forward. But that is not the type of win you want to see. It feels like USC is going to win, need to win via shootout. And that offense is going to have to show up every single game. They're going to have to get that offensive line right. They're going to have to get in sync more. It's just surprising to me that, that they're getting love out of that game because, to me, that was not a very good performance. That's a I got a couple of USC alums near me here, and they're freaking out. Not about the defense. They didn't care. They said the offensive front. That's a mid-Mountain West team that pushed around the offensive line. It's not great. 
for USC. Um, we'll come back with your weekend picks just quickly. Samich, look, you're smarter than me. You've got spreadsheets. I think you created Excel, so you know how to plug things in and formulas. But I have to ask you, I genuinely believe if Ron Rivera and Washington lose in week one, he gets fired. Like, it's a fireable offense. <laughs> Arizona's roster is so bad, it's TBD on a quarterback, a quarterback that arrived five minutes ago, and Clayton Toon. Okay, I, we got to pick a survivor here coming up. We just You've got 40 seconds. Are you still completely out on the commanders? I, I am not completely out, but let me throw you in one thing here. There was a poll on Decent that they put up on Twitter, and it was select your first week survivor team. 50% of people are picking Washington. That oh. right there makes me want to fade Washington because if 50% of people lose, if Washington loses, we are in a phenomenal spot. Only 19% were that picking is uh, the Ravens this week. So to, that is fair. To be contrarian, kind of like going the other way. Big guy, I saw you shrugging your shoulder. I mean, we, you never get anything by following the masses, big guy. What's up? Yeah, but at the same time, I just want to make it to week two. Okay. Well, he's going to make it to the second segment. Samich is next. Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests, including Samich. You also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting tr- records, profit, ROI, everything you need. Tail fade, it's all there. VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as 19 bucks for the first month. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, you got the handle tomorrow and Sunday with Samich and Matt Brown, noon to 3 Eastern time right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money. I'm Al Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, the host of... The handle joins us. He is, of course, Mike Samich. Uh, Okay, Samich, as we welcome you back, let's dive back into the picks for the weekend. And we'll go here, and I know because of some information, you have to dance around a little bit here. It is going to be, I believe, windy. Let me just get the weather here. Uh, You've got Iowa-Utah State under 45. Now, you can give the information. I do think we're going to have a little wind here. Yeah, there is supposed to be some wind in the game, but we've seen this this both the number and the side get hit pretty hard in the last 24 hours or so. About, uh, I would say, 8 o'clock last night, there was started to be a little birdie chirping in the back of the gambling hall that uh, Cade McNamara may not play for Iowa. He was questionable yesterday. Uh, the rumors are he is going to be doubtful uh, for the game. And if Cade McNamara doesn't go, you've got two freshmen and two sophomore quarterbacks for the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. The number was 25-and-a-half last night. We saw it plummet down to 24 uh, overnight. It opened at 24 this morning with a total sitting at 45. Uh, uh, two groups actually just gave this out about an hour ago, both the under and uh, playing Utah State. That number across the board now sitting around 23, 23 and a half with the total sitting at 42 and a half or 43. Uh, to me, this is one of those games where those new rules could play a big factor, especially if Cade McNamara not on the field. You've got a big favorite in Iowa is going to slow this game down as much as possible with young quarterbacks. They're going to run the football. They shouldn't have too much trouble stopping Utah State. I played the under at 45. I'd still play it at 43 here if you're able to get it. If the information is good and McNamara is not in the game, it feels like we're going to be going under this total because Iowa's offense, which team total sitting at 34.5, by the way, which seems awfully high for this spot considering their quarterback may not play. I just don't see how they're going to be able to put up the points to push this game over. Yeah, you mentioned it. Deacon Hill might get the start here instead of McNamara, the Wisconsin transfer. He is a big dude, 6'3", 260. Uh, Guys, I'll tell you what, Mike, I don't know where you come out on the Hawkeyes, but it's tough to lay anything over a touchdown with the Hawkeyes, regardless who they're playing, let alone mid-20s. It really is. I mean, I realize they're at home, and Utah State definitely not the best team in the world here, but this Iowa team's offense has just been anemic the last couple of years, really struggled to score. Their defense won the multiple games last year by being able to score, get turnovers in the red zone. I, I just I don't see how we cover the 23-and-a-half right now. Again, the number was 25-and-a-half yesterday, so you're kind of behind the best of the number. The side doesn't seem as attractive to me here because I could see Iowa shutting out Utah State. But on the the converse side of that, again, the Iowa team total sitting at 34-and-a-half and the game under sitting at 43 both seem like solid plays to me. Uh, I, you would need both of these teams to be able to put up points to get to that 43 number. I don't see that happening. And, again, when you get into the second half of these games, I think that's when you're going to see these clock rules taken into effect the most because you're going to have teams like Iowa 
they're going to be able to really grind down the clock later in these games. If you have these long drives and the clock just keeps on running every time you get a first down, those long rushing drives are going to eat up 8 to 10 minutes on the clock, making it nearly impossible for teams to come back, but also making it nearly impossible to get to the over just because of the limited possessions you'll see there in the second half. Stanford, Hawaii coming up Friday night. So Hawaii, after a good showing, if we're being honest, in Nashville, flies back home. Now, this is fascinating. We just had Nick off the trading floor in from DraftKings. They opened 10 a couple of months ago. This look ahead was as high as 10 and a half with Stanford laying it. We're all the way down to three and a half. What a move. Change in power rankings for most as far as Hawaii was big time. As a matter of fact, Nick said it was his biggest adjustment on the board. Hawaii getting a little love here. Stanford laying three and a half. Yeah, Hawaii's getting a lot of love here. I mean, a seven-point adjustment off one effort against Vanderbilt seems a little bit crazy, but if you do look back to last year, they covered seven of the last eight games, got better deeper into the season. One misnomer here, teams that are shown on film actually have a disadvantage against a team that hasn't played a game in week one of college football. So you want to have the film of a team versus have the actual experience of game time. Here, Stanford has the film, Hawaii has the game experience, Hawaii also not a wonderful travel spot for them. They were up for that Vandy game. It was a tough game. I agree with what Nick said. I think you had to upgrade them. I think they very much could have won that football game. But now they've got to fly all the way back home. They've got to go through that process. You've got Stanford who's going to have tape on Hawaii, be able to go out to Hawaii. I'm just not sure that seven was an appropriate adjustment here. Rarely are we a touchdown off based, based on one performance. It just seems like a huge jump. And if you look at the Mountain West odds, Circa had – uh, 150 to one on Hawaii to win the Mountain West before that game. They're at 35 to one now, so just a massive drop there as well. If this game hits three, I'm going to be buying on the Stanford side. I haven't played it three and a half. I'm hoping this Hawaii team keeps up because I think at the minus three number for Stanford, this becomes a buy. That's just too big of an adjustment off one performance for me. Mike, any futures plays that you've made or that you are still considering before the season kicks off on Saturday? I only made one futures play. Uh, I played Kate Klubnik to win the Heisman. I, I think that he's got a nice setup here at 14-1. to 1. I like the fact that they get all three of their big games at home. So they're taking Florida State, UNC, and Notre Dame all at home. If they're able to run the table and make the playoff, he's going to be there in New York. I think there's going to be some fatigue on the Caleb Williams side around giving it to the same person back-to-back years. You could consider waiting a little bit to pay, play Klubnik if you don't have a ticket in account right now. I think Caleb Williams is going to continue to drop, but you also have this LSU-Florida State game over the weekend. One of those two quarterbacks is going to jump up the odds board there. And then you've got Klubnik taking on Florida State later this month. I'd want to have, make sure I have the ticket in my account before that game, but you may be able to get better than 14-1 to 1 before that game starts just because of the setup we have schedule-wise here early in the season. A team I'm high on Saturday, Texas Tech travels to Wyoming. Now, you touched this total. You went under the 52.5, so you got a good number there. Most shops showing 50.5. I can find a 51 in the market. You may not want to hit it at that number, but you did play Texas Tech and Wyoming under 52.5. I did. Wyoming seems to be, again, one of those teams where I expect you're not going to see a bunch of their totals go toward the over because of their style of offense. It's going to want to keep this game as short as possible. They're going to want to take as much time off the clock on the offensive side, keep Texas Tech off the field as much as possible. 
And then Texas Tech, like, again, these big favorites, I don't want to be playing the over in these games where you have the big favorites. If you have either team that could possibly slow it down, you've got a Wyoming team that's not going to be able to score fast. As I look at the game script here, there's two possible ways this goes, right? Either Texas Tech jumps out to an early lead in the first half, and Wyoming is not going to really be able to score quickly to come back, and Texas Tech is going to start grinding clock, or this game's close, which means that Texas Tech didn't put up very many points, and Wyoming is having these long possessions on offense. Both of those possible game styles play toward the under here. I got it at 52.5. If you could find a 51, I don't mind the 51. Obviously, wouldn't bet as much at that 51 number as I did at the 52.5. But to me, this is the style of game you're looking toward those unders, especially with a big with an offense at home that is slow and not going to be able to come back in games or score quickly when they're trying to put points on the board. Mike, we talked about the Pac-12 earlier today, and when you look at this league, you mentioned you like USC a lot or you had them highly rated coming into the season. Are they your team to win the league, or is there someone else you like? I picked USC to win the league uh, going into the season. I actually picked them to make the playoff as the fourth team. I need you plus 235 there. Uh, to be able to get them into the playoffs. After that first game, I'm a little more reserved. I like Washington quite a bit. Not as high in Oregon as everyone else. I think Oregon State is your sleeper here. They're sitting on the board at 11-1. to 1. If you want to take a wild swing on someone to win that conference, I would take the shot with Oregon State. You're getting almost, uh, what is that, about 5.5x the price there on Oregon State versus taking USC. Another team that's going to be able to grind it out, has a big-time home field advantage. Uh, but to me, this, this conference is going to go through USC. And as, as much as I did not like that first performance, the first six games for them, like I said, are very, very weak. They've got time to figure this out. But the offensive line needs to figure it out, and that defense needs to figure it out. And those are two of the most important units on a football field. Yes, you've got Caleb Williams. He can win you any game by himself. But the concern here is if he's not at his A game in one of these games, is that going to cost USC a win and a shot at the playoffs? Okay, Mike, great job. Travel safely into Vegas. Of course, a live show tomorrow. The handle from Circa. You got 30 seconds. Anything to tease for the handle tomorrow? We're going to be on Saturday, Sunday, 4 to 7 Pacific. Uh, it's going to be a lot of college football. Sunday, we'll be going through every single week one game. And then moving forward, we'll also have the contest shows. We'll announce the survivor picks as well as the million picks live on VSIN from 6 to 7 every Saturday. So make sure you check that out as well. Great job, Mike Samich. Vsin, of course, racingdudes.com. Make sure you check them out if you like the horse racing. Thank you, Mike. Travel safely. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, when we come back, NFL News, three days. It is Sharp Money. It's Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin. The Sports Betting Network. The updated NFL betting guide is going to be released tomorrow, Thursday, of course, throughout the NFL preseason. The VEASAN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide will have picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies if you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews. Now's the time to become a VEASAN pro. For as low as $19, or you can save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today, vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. So this is interesting. Uh, a former Cardinal executive, Terry McDonough, who is the son of all-time great Boston Globe reporter, Will McDonough, 
has filed a motion against Michael Bidwell, who is the owner of the Cardinals. So McDonough worked for Bidwell as an executive for the Cardinals. And part of the arbitration is uh, many people are being brought in to be asked questions and testify. Well, former Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes testified that a team executive gave him a burner phone to communicate with former general manager Steve Keim under orders from Keim and team owner Michael Bidwell during Keim's suspension, according to deposition transcripts obtained by ESPN. Bidwell and other team executives communicated with Kime throughout his suspension from extreme drunk driving, including while the Cardinals negotiated a three-year, $39 million contract extension with running back David Johnson, Wilkes said. The NFL said at the time it would not impose additional punishment against Kime after the punishment and the team suspended him. So, again, a shady organization in the Cardinals Three and a half on the season win total this year. Bidwill is still the owner. If you read the article, he does not come across great. As a matter of fact, uh, Wilkes, who was the coach at the time, he was talking about a story where he was riding around with his nine-year-old son leaving a game. He picks up on Bluetooth or, you know, in the phone as far as speakerphone, and Bidwell is just absolutely bombing curse words at him, saying, I can't bring my friends to a game. I can't bring my friends to a box because the team's so bad. And Kai Bidwell, excuse me, not Bidwell, but uh, Steve Wilkes, who was the coach at the time, is like, sir, I just have to ask you to chill out because I have my nine-year-old son with me. <laughs> so, again, Bidwell and Kime were quite a combination there for the Cardinals. Uh, not necessarily surprising what we're hearing from old coach Steve Wilkes, who remember Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Remember, Wilkes got one year, and then Kime said, you're gone, brought in Kingsbury, my only assumption is because he thought he was cool because Kingsbury could never coach never every year. Progressively his teams got worse at Texas Tech's not even like literally comb through the numbers horrific. And he was hired as a head coach off a terrible year at tech, or maybe had been sitting out a year and then drafted your boy Rosen out of UCLA redo on that one too. drafted Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, held them hostage on the gram. They G'd him up, gave him an extension. Now they don't want Murray to play because Murray only, I guess, in some way helps the team this year, and they want to tank for Caleb Williams. Anyway, that's the Cardinals. What's up, guys? <laughs> uh, Steve Kime, he seemed like a guy who was definitely on the up and up, right, at all times. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, look, just the idea of having – a burner phone. Oh, nothing could happen. No, it, it just as an adult, like at some point in life, you stop cutting corners at some point in life. You stop cheating. It's weird. Uh, we understand that we say it constantly. It's omnipresent in college football and sports. I get it. I'm not Pollyanna here as far as people cheating, but needing a burner phone to extend David Johnson, a running back a couple of years ago for $39 million. It seems like a misuse of a burner. I would say so. You're absolutely right about that. And, uh, you know, Steve Kine was the GM there for 10 years. Wilkes is there for one season. He's got his own discrimination lawsuit going against the uh, Cardinals and Bidwell. Good. So uh, this is going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I'm just shocked that Steve Kime, who played at NC State, plays one year in the league, and winds up with a 20-plus year career with the Arizona Cardinals. Am I miss missing something? Or outside of that one year, was this franchise just not god-awful for so long? Yeah, that is um, 
My assumption is, because Wilkes did a hell of a job when he took over for Matt Rule in Carolina, my assumption is Kyman Bidwell over a couple of cocktails didn't necessarily see all they needed to from the uh, head coach, that being Wilkes at the time. And again, I, I know I know dudes are often, I guess, persuaded or suggestively taken in certain areas because of their attraction to other men. I'm not naive to that, but the only reason you hire Kingsbury, and I mean literally the only reason is because he thought, hey, that guy seems cool. Well, that's you, it. You, you, but you remember what happened. It was the off season where everyone who ever had like shook hands with Sean McVay or at a sleepover at his house was getting hired as a head coach around the league. That's essentially what happened. And for Kingsbury, that off season, I believe it was USC had hired him to be the OC, OC, yeah. and he was there for in LA for like a week before the Cardinals came calling. So it was one of those off seasons where everyone was desperate for offense. So even though Cliff Kingsbury proved. In the Big 12, he couldn't hack it. It's the Big 12. Uh, Go play intramurals, brother. And you know what? And they went to the NFL and proved he should have been playing intramurals because Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he's at USC now. He'll always have a job, but he's not a head coach. He might be a coordinator. He's definitely a quarterback coach, but he's not a head coach in the NFL. And this whole thing, the, the Arizona Cardinals, let me add to this because I just saw the news as well with them that Zach Ertz is uncertain if he's going to play week one against the Commanders. I'm just going to assume if you're Zach Ertz and have this kind of equity in life, you just don't play if you don't have to. How is the Commanders' first half minus three and a half not the greatest bet for week one right now? I, I don't know if it's the greatest, if it's the greatest play, but I'll say this. I, I, need, I forgot to ask Mike why or who he would take in week number one in the Survivor because I get his point about half the group being on – uh, Washington, but in this thing, you can't win the whole thing in week one. You just got to survive in advance. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the mindset changes. You can start worrying about the percentages later. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point about Kingsbury being a great quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, I, you know, I don't even know that answer. I'm sure there are just other well, people floating around that are as competent or better. Yeah. No, well, I'll tell you, like he worked with Manziel. Obviously there was one more I'm missing in college that he worked with. I'll look it up. But he is well, he had good. Mahomes at Tech. Mahomes, that's what it was. It was Mahomes. Not that he won anything yeah. with Mahomes, though. Didn't win anything, but yeah, certainly yeah. had Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's going to get another <laughs> G. He's going to be an OC next year because he's got Kayla Williams this year as the as he's the quarterback's coach there. Yeah. And he had Baker at Texas Tech for a year, and Baker had a good year. Yeah, that's year. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the Cardinals, uh, which is fascinating because now the biggest arbitrage in sports is the Kyler Murray contract. Nobody wants Murray. Nobody's going to take on the contract. They're stuck with him and his petulant attitude. And um, all of a sudden, they're high on Clayton Toon. It's going to be a good year. Well, and by the and, and have you seen the Gannon videos that pop up on social? Ooh. Like Gannon certainly comes across as at least, at the very least, socially awkward. He makes me uncomfortable. And I'm someone who's generally pretty The video of awkward. him, Dustin, dapping up no, the dude. Can't. And pretending like you could tell, like, okay, quickly, think about what cool people do right now. <laughs> and he was trying to project that image, and it just came across as so painful. Well, who, So painful. Wasn't it someone who requested a trade right after? It Wouldn't wasn't you? Simmons. It was someone else on the defense that was working out in the offseason that was like, like a week later, like, yeah, I want out. That guy... Jonathan Gannon, he may be good at dialing up defenses. 
he came off as a weirdo. But again, it's probably his first time in his life there was a camera crew ever following him around. So who the heck? Well, who he knows. <laughs> And he did the Rodman thing. If you find the video on social, he did the Rodman thing. Remember Rodman in the Jordan documentary where he just stopped. He ran out of things to say. So he took both his hands and he goes, fume, 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 fume. Gannon was talking to one of his players. And the guy's like, hey, this must be crazy for you. Like very composed. The player asked Gannon. And Gannon's like, yeah, it's been nuts. Ran out of things to say and just took his hands and was like, it's been like this. Film, 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 film. He just started using his hands. to. Anyway, good luck with the cards this year. <laughs> well, the good news, they're going to have a top three pick. Well, they're gonna, they may have two top three picks because they, they have Houston's, Houston's pick. pick, right? Yeah. Oh, they got a chance. Right. They got a chance to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. They are to finish... Uh, let's see. To have the number one overall pick, they've got a prop up at DraftKings on them. I can find that. Big guy, as I do, search for it. Um, what else is going on as far as the NFL? Uh, working on getting my camera fixed over here. Apparently, it broke on us. Uh, oh, that's, this is the best you've looked. It's a big blue screen right now. <laughs> that's how I feel on the inside most days. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network reported earlier today that no trade was close for Jonathan Taylor before the Colts placed him on the pup list. Uh, he obviously wants a big extension, but apparently, according to Pelissero, no trade was close, which means everyone tweeting about all these teams like Miami and Philly being in the mix and making offers, they're lying. By the way, did you see what Ursay, who is a delusional human, apparently Miami was interested <laughs> And Ursay's like, you are? Okay, we'll give you the running back, but we'll take back Jalen Waddell and a first-rounder. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Miami was like, it's been cool. Take care. Is this a burner phone? <laughs> Sharp money. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
NFL season right around the corner. Nonstop football action is in sight, and you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and score $200 in bonuses instantly, and life is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app before kickoff. Use the code SHARP to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. Only on DraftKings when you use the code SHARP. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. Just a quick note uh, as we get more into some NFL news here. Three a days. Uh, all seven and nine, Ron Rivera. So just quickly, uh, 15, 16 years as a head coach, your boy, Ron Riviera has three winning seasons. Uh, we'll call him seven and nine, even though it's now what seven and 10. Uh, I'll just say this uh, a couple of weeks ago, Rivera came out and was like, Hey, everybody gather around reporters. And he was like, look, I got to tell you this new offensive coordinator. He's a jerk. Now he was talking about the enemy. He hired the enemy. He told the media, Biennemi has got a lot of players coming to the head coach complaining about how hard Biennemi's pushing him. Why? Old 7-9 Ron wants to save his job. Josh Harris bought for like $7 billion the commanders. And of course, what happens when you have a new owner? You come in and you wipe out a coach that's got three winning seasons in 16 years. That's just natural. However, Ron forever the politician's trying to hold on to his job. So Ron comes out yesterday and says, or two days ago, and says, hey, gather around, media. You see this guy, Sam Howell? He's freaking great. If I knew how good he was, I would have played him last year. Let me check. Last year's head coach of the Commanders was Ron Rivera. So Ron Rivera was running practices with Sam Howell running the prep squad, and all of a sudden just decided, hey, I'm just now finding out this guy's pretty good. Even though he's running scout for you all year, you never noticed the guy could sling it. That's Riverboat Ron. Now, I bring it up because we've been talking about Survivor in week one, and everybody's on the commanders. I don't know about you two. It is justifiable. You've got Jack Del Rio, who was a head coach, a mid-head coach for years and years in the league, running the defense. you got Biennemi, who's going to be a head coach in the future. If he loses to Arizona, who we just clowned for 10 straight minutes, Rivera's got to go. He's going to go at the end of the year anyway. Would you guys agree he's got to go? Uh, he's gone. I mean, look, the reality is this is a guy that played for Buddy Ryan. I mean, it wasn't like Buddy Ryan was like, hey, guys, we need you to line up in this position. This is unbelievable. This team right now, I think they're a pretty competitive team if they have a quarterback. We talked about their defense. Uh, offensive line has some major question marks, as we know, but I like their skill positions. Brian Robinson in the tailback position. But Ron Rivera is going to be gone sometime, my guess, is right around Thanksgiving. Hey, big guy, what I love is he brought Turner from Carolina because Turner ran his offense in Carolina. So he brought Turner with him to the commanders, then fired Turner, went out and grabbed Biennemi, brought Biennemi in, and then told the media, this guy's a jerk. You hired him, Ron. You also went out and picked up Carson Wentz last year, who flamed out, and now you've got a kid you drafted in the fifth round and just found out this year, the year he's going to be your starter, that he can play football. Interesting. I'm sure, like I'm a big Ron Rivera guy. I can't believe what I'm hearing from you guys. Like 
to be this mediocre for such a long period of time but still get the work he gets, it's one of the most remarkable things in sports. He is banking off a 15-1 and season where Cam Newton was the best player in the league by a mile and carried that team to the Super Bowl. Ron Rivera, without that 15-1 and season, is a below 500 head coach. He's 98-90 and overall. Take away 15-1, and he 80. is 83-90. and 83 and 89. 89. Yeah, 83 and 89. My apologies, by the way. It's only 12 seasons as a head coach, but he has three winning seasons. He's not good. He's not a good coach. He's like Jeff Fisher. You wonder how he wound up with so many seasons. He was on the 85 Bears, right? Yep. He, he was just, sec- just, in the just, secondary. Just living off of that. Just live. You just got to do one thing in your life that people remember forever. You can live off of it for the rest of your life. By the way, I just love how he was like to the reporters, like, get a hold of this offensive coordinator. <laughs> anyway, any other questions? <laughs> Guys, I can't believe it. No, the, the, I actually think the Howell thing is the most, is the craziest statement. That is the, and then him talking Running about scout, yeah. telling his wife, you know, we talked about it all offseason, quarterback, quarterback, quarter, like, dude. Rod Rob Rivera would have to get to the NFC Championship game to be back in Washington next year. He should have been fired last year. He should have oh, been fired the year agree. before. He stinks. He, he is everything that the NFL is going away from. I'm not calling him dumb, but I'm also definitely not going to call him cerebral. You have to be a, a lot smarter to be a head coach these days in the NFL. You have to have a system. You have to have a plan. You have to have tactic. You have to be able to look ahead and plan ahead and be a step ahead of your opponents. He is literally the definition. He's not – everyone else is playing checkers. He's playing shoots and ladders. <laughs> Uh, and you know he's a politician because remember at the Super Bowl, he was one of the only head coaches doing more media than that young lady we had on the Lombardi line that threw footballs on Instagram. <laughs> I, I saw, I, and the, the thing that blew me away no, about. I just want to be clear. She was on the show because yeah, she yeah. threw footballs yes. on Instagram. She threw okay. footballs anyway. on the beach and stuff and other places yep. on, on, Earth. I, on Earth. I asked two questions. By the, after my two questions, I was like, what are you doing today? And we had eight <laughs> minutes left in the segment. And you know what? Ron Rivera was making the rounds too that day. You know what he was doing? Two things that made me absolutely just like want to fade him as a head coach. He was wearing shorts in public as an adult at a, at a work event. Right. I, I get that he's a coach and like coaches are allowed to wear like comfortable clothes, but it's still like Super Bowl re- radio row. And he was wearing gym shorts. Uh, also it wasn't like hot out. It was kind of cold. Secondly, he was wearing one of those little backpacks that they give away. Like w- when you, you move into an apartment <laughs> comes like a water bottle. It's like the, the two strings and just like, yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah. a little sack attached to it. And it looks so tiny on his back. And I was like, this is the leader of the team. Oh, my leader to have a briefcase at the very least. Like, what are we doing here? I would say football related. There do, there does seem to be some questions about chase young because every time Rivera is asked about Young, he's like, next question. So whether or not he's healthy and good to go, we shall see. But that defensive front is loaded anyway. Here's a question. Like, can Sean McVay work his way out of his Rams deal and go back home to Washington where he was once an assistant? Why would you want Sean McVay when you have Ron Rivera? <laughs> Could you imagine a conversation between those two? No, I can't. It would start with, dude, what's up with the backpack? <laughs> the backpack was wild, man. Dude, those back, I would, obviously, I'm way too big to use one of those backpacks. It would look like a tiny little, like, bullseye on my back. Like, I can't wear them. But, like, those are for, like, 12-year-old kids going to day camp so that they don't break anything that's important. Like, you don't give them a good backpack that's going to get messed up. Well, 
Who's to say he's not going to day camp after he loses the Washington job because he's not going to get another head coaching gig. Let's get to the top 10, the best top 10 college football teams. Dustin Sweetelson has seen in his lifetime. We're down to six and five. Yeah, so uh, we started things off. 05 Longhorns were number 10. The 2013 Florida State Seminoles were 9. The 18 Clemson Tigers came in at 8, followed by the 08 Florida Gators at 7. If I could take one back, I think I'd have the 08 Florida Gators a little bit higher. I did see them in person. I was They were a remarkable team. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's how I was feeling the day I made the list. And the, unfortunately for them, they're 7, which brings us to 6. And this is like OG Alabama to me. Like, this is the original that started this whole thing. 09 Alabama Crimson Tide, your boy, Greg McElroy at quarterback. You've got Ingram and Trent Richardson as your running back duo. You've got Julio Jones and Marquise Mays on the outside, a veteran O-line led by Barrett Jones, one of the great Crimson Tide offensive linemen of all time, and just a stupid stack defense. I mean, the corners were Javi Arenas, Kareem Jackson, and Drake Kirkpatrick, all played corner in the NFL. Drake Kirkpatrick, kid, by the way, has committed to Alabama, which was the oldest I've ever felt in my life seeing that news come across the ticket. Wow. <laughs> he has a kid who's committed to Alabama, and he was on the 09 championship team. Made me feel old. Um, and then Matt, like Mount Cody, was there a more like fun guy to just watch standing on the field than Terrence Cody at the time? So that that's why they're they're number six. Uh, number five, really, they should be higher because they're the first futures ticket I ever cashed. I had the 19 LSU Tigers at a big number. I have to look what it was. It was a big number. I was shocked I that I was ahead that. of everyone. It wasn't even about Joe Burrow to me. I, I mean, no one saw Joe Burrow coming. I love this defense. I thought the secondary was loaded. I love Delpit at Delpit at safety, Christian uh, Fulford at corner. Uh, I I loved everything about that team. Patrick Queen in the middle. He had a ton of weapons. He had Clyde Edwards Hilaire to hand the ball off to. I just had a vibe that that team was going to be good. Had no idea they would be this special, and that's why they come in at number five. I would not. The 2009 Alabama team is not even the best Alabama team under Nick Saban. Well, that's why they're not number one. <laughs> there's a chance I think there's a good chance you're going to see more Alabama teams on that list I would agree do you feel like you have the 19 LSU team too low no I didn't want to be biased because of my personal you know touch with them like they, they, they meant something to me and I, I, I think I was fair okay good job boys great show I'm all Shaw Dustin Sweetelson I'm Patrick Maher we'll see you tomorrow right here Sharp Money it's VSIN the sports betting network Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.